Hey, welcome to the club. Before we begin, I'd like to introduce our podcast and explain what we do. We will go over mysterious and unsolved cases, a bit of the paranormal, and of course, conspiracies. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and any other podcast provider. Also, a new episode of The Cloak comes out every Monday. So don't forget to join the conversation on Facebook forward slash The Cloaked Podcast and catch us on Twitter at The Cloaked underscore. And don't forget to like and rate us. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. And now on with the show. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. One thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. as we're starting, um, it's not it's not paranormal. Mm-mm. It's not nothing really paranormal. It's uh, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, the volcano in Mexico recently became active. Tell um, me a little bit more. Bo- 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 was it Popo Tepeclef? Something sure. like that. Uh, it's a, you know the Aztec has that th at the end. Yeah. Uh, so it recently on I believe on Friday night it actually uh, erupted. Oh shit! Or it started to become active. There's a lava spewing now. They started evacuating uh, some of the people um, from there, and so uh, in, in Mexico and in, in just like in some other places, um, they can't force people out of the villages. <laughs> um, like Pompeii. Yeah, they, they really can't force people out. So it kind of leaves uh, the people to kind of decide, hey, do you want to stay there? Do you want to leave? How do you want to do this? Um, but they, they inform the people that they should probably evacuate. Damn. And so, you know, it's pretty it's pretty close to the Mexico City. There's about 25 million people. Oh, yeah. Like 26 million, something like that. It's fucking huge. And so it's very big. Uh you know, it, 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 and that's one of those things where if it erupts, it's gonna be it, it's it's gonna be a, obviously a big problem. Well, more uh, than that, for, bro, because for a lot of people, and I mean, not just that, because it's gonna go up in the air. And I believe, from what scientists are saying, they can come all the way to North America. It's that bad. It's that, it could be that bad, yeah, because it's pretty big. Um, it's a pretty big volcano, and so a lot of concerns. Um, I know, I know a friend of a friend. He, uh, one of his relatives or something uh, uh, actually works for the he's a geologist oh okay and so he he's actually like not on site but he's one of the people that are keeping an eye on it and so you know because with that not, uh, earthquakes can happen mm-hmm. uh, not just I mean we're not just talking about the lava and the ash that's going to come out of there uh, but you know it's something to keep an eye on and so it might go back dormant we don't know uh, but you know, people are keeping uh, uh, definitely an eye on. Has it exploded recently? Mm-hmm. I, like think, I think it's there's been some stuff like that in the past. Okay. Not quite sure. Not quite sure what what really what happened. I didn't do a whole in depth research yeah. on it. Uh, but definitely, uh, they're keeping an eye on that shit. But you're talking about 26 million people, there right? 26 million people. That's a lot. It's a very dense city. I imagine all of a sudden it goes full on explosion, right? Yeah. Imagine trying to get the fuck out of that city. Yes, it will be mean, over. Be a, a, I mean, it's not just that; it's like a lot of. Well, about the infrastructure. What if it just, um, it, it it fucks up a lot, a lot of the city? Like, what do you, all those people? They yeah. may die or they may be displaced. Where are you gonna put them? Where, where do they go? Yeah, I mean that's gonna be another issue because then, um, I don't know how Mexico's doing financially. No, you know, that's I don't know. Thing. Yeah, uh, who you knows? Because um, you you gotta have also the financial structure. To 
help prepare and, the and aid. You know what I mean? And right now they're not good graces with the U.S. because of all that Trump shit uh, going uh, on. Yeah, you like so are they gonna like even call like okay we don't fucking like Trump. But we need his money. Yeah. Like, help us out, please. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, I, mean, I hope not. Um, that The other thing is that uh, Mexico has bought, uh, lent out the U.S. money. So that's the other thing. Yeah. Well, repays and so, yeah. assistance, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's like a whole other thing. But uh, speaking of chaos and fire, uh, Jack Parsons. Yes. You know, Mr. Um, Jack Parsons. Uh, you know, a very big name. In the science world, uh, a rocket science. Uh, so he was a very brilliant man. Uh, uh, didn't really have a degree. No, it's, that's, that's, that's very impressive to not have that degree, yet be pretty successful in creating and going as far as 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 they did. Well, he developed. He's not um the the German scientist with Vernon von um, Braun he yeah. considers Jack Parsons the father of rocketry right. jet propulsion right yes. not Which just a, with a deal. propeller like he developed that technology yeah and so yeah even without an official degree from mm-hmm. you know where do you go to Massachusetts or or Caltech, Caltech or whatever yes. yeah. that he was able to pioneer all of that technology which was eventually used by NASA by right. the fucking Nazis yes. to go to the moon and yeah. that's kind of ironic that. He always thought when he was smaller, right, that yeah. he had dreams of going into space, mm-hmm. and his ideas came to fruition. fruition yeah. But I, I, you know, posthumously, right? Like um, he didn't get to see his. He didn't get work. to see it, but like, what's amazing is that it's it's his work that propelled everything, and, and us being able to go to the moon, the, um, and orbit, satellites, and, and everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, everything with, and it goes to show that with determination heart spirit you can go far even in something you may be not uh educationally trained to do yeah and but he had the he had the willpower to want to be successful in that i think that really speaks a lot to to, to his character uh, mm-hmm, honestly yeah. uh but yeah oh Yo. well side note mm-hmm. uh i don't know it sounds if it sounds like i'm sick i'm I have a throat issue. All right, leave Bro, it alone. Dude, there's all kinds of shit in the air right now. Know, right, I'm wheezing right now. Allergies and shit. So yeah, my voice may nasal. sound a little weird. I took a little. Um, I took some allergy pills before I came here. Oh yeah, I should have. I should have. I had the nasal stuff, but you know how. But it's my, you sound it's good, my man. throat. It's my throat. You sound good, man. That sounds sexy. There that sound you go, sexy, man. You got that radio voice now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, his determination was very fascinating. I mean, this is like you said, he was. As a young child, he was something obtuse into going into science that fiction. Space. Man, he was yeah. he was oh, bullied yeah, into school. When yeah. he was in school, he didn't care much about uh, standard education. Yeah. Oh, what, what, you know, what did the minds do? You know, what, yeah. what about math? He kind of in his head, like I think he already knew all of that. Mm, I think, yes. and and for him, he wanted to focus more on like practical ideas, right? Like, and, how do we get into space? Yeah, and how, how do we how do we get there? He has, he has an idea. And how do how do we get to this destiny? This this path? How do we uh, get on that road? Yeah. And I think what what's also very important uh, to point out is that uh, at that time, and even during his time at Caltech. Mm-hmm. People thought rocketeer and, 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 and rocket science was a joke. Yeah, like, what do you mean going up like, to like space? How? Like, how, how do you get them, you know? Because all we knew before World War II, yeah. right? Or before jet propulsion, it was propellers, right? Yeah. Like, and so for them, like, we have rickety planes that can go up so high. Mm-hmm. They look like cavemen built them, yeah. right? And so for the for him to 
develop ideas and say, no, there's a better way of yeah. um, advancing this technology. Like people thought, oh, you know what, man, that's, that's pseudoscience. Yes. And and ironically, now it's more than it's, it's more not even than pseudoscience. Just, it's yeah. like kind of the standard way of doing it, things. It, it, it's it goes to show that pioneers, in a way, uh, for a, a, any kind of advancement in the world. A lot of times, you know, people get laughed at. And, and here's yeah. the thing. How many scientists or people who, you know, would be considered scientists get laughed at and somehow that ends up being a, uh, a, a kind of a thing that it hinders them to not go in deep into whatever, you know, section you are in science yeah. to not explore that. Because you're gonna get ridiculed, right? Yes, um, that fear can, can overtake you know some people, and he didn't have that. You know, he did what he wanted to do. He yes. took the, the 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 bullying. He took the ridicule, and um, but he he persevered, right? And right. he he kind of told, like, I know, like I think he already knew, like he had no question about himself, even mm-hmm. though externally society was telling him. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. You're wasting your time. Yeah. You having, you know, where's your degree? You're not well, even you know, a doctor. Kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and that definitely does help. And so to, I'm going to go ahead and like skip a little further because, yeah. you know, I don't want to start uh, with his childhood because there's a lot to his childhood. Uh, but uh, Jack Parsons was born Marvel White Side Parsons yeah. in 1914. Again, he his father kind of runs out uh, on him and his and his mother. Yeah, like he just um, goes in and marries somebody else. Yeah, so he kind of just takes off. Um, but, you know, eventually he goes into, uh, you know, into Caltech yes. to kind of like further his uh, his education, so to speak. And yeah. he gets helped. And he has his, his one of his childhood friends, uh, Ed, Ed Foreman, who's mm-hmm. an engineer. Uh, and him, him, him and them grow up to want to inspire to this. They had similar interests yes right in science um back then it was science fiction because it wasn't yet conceived or developed yeah but they had uh, similarities in personality and they started with explosions right so like it was almost like they were experimenting Mm -hmm. and developing like um black powder and explosions and i think he got kicked out of one school because he blew up a restroom a toilet right yes right he was already trying to like what i mean people and what's weird is like people see that and people are like, oh, you know, this guy right here, he's, you know, he, he needs help. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's crazy. He's, he's, got, he's know, got ADD. He's, he's got not ADD. paying attention. He's not paying, you know, he, people need to focus on this kid. He's a yeah. troublemaker. That's right. And and it's it's further from the truth. Like, sometimes kids like that, they're, they're, they're attracted to something else. And parents sometimes miss those cues that your kid is interested in something else that... A school and education that's so mundane. They won't harness that. They yes. won't allow them they, to focus and, and harness that um, enthusiasm, right? right? Enthusiasm leads to great ideas. Right, exactly. Right? Because oh, yeah, your ideas are endless and your mind is... It could go into many areas, areas. within um, science or whatever. Just your right. imagination is so grand that you can develop many things through that. But yeah. unfortunately, people are closed-minded regarding yeah. those types of symptoms because people are are kind of groomed to think a certain way and that this is the way things are and this is the way stay in your line stay in your lane works yeah and that's not especially education um that's not the way it works but when he was at caltech he met frank molina who kind of pushes them to like, he, was, he was a grad further. student right? yeah he was a grad student and he was already involved trying to like figure that out and he kind of yeah. like led them together and they formed a group 
which eventually they they had a group name, which I, I forget. I forget the, the podcast. Gel Gelsic, the yeah. Gundam, Gundamheim Aeronautical Laboratory, right? And was this at this point where they were also known as the Suicide Squad? Yeah, I think it was before. Right. They they, they kind of gave them those names because they were uh, since childhood they were. Uh, experimenting with explosions, right. black powder, whatever was available to them. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck they got black powder like at 14. I mean, maybe I mean, it was available I back mean, in the yeah. 20s. I mean, who knows? Because like, maybe you could have ordered. There's a lot of things that were already available. In catalogs. That, that, order, yes. your, order your fucking atom well, bomb, that, 14 that, uh, well, but Even like further, there was that clock that had that dye that can glow in the dark. And yeah. it turned out to be like... Or uh, like for uh, what is it like radiation? So you could collect all that stuff and make like fucking plutonium. Or no, shit. nobody like and nobody knew about that. that. That was something that like, you can harness and create a fucking nuclear bomb to basement. Yes, um, yes. And so I think because not even the brightest minds knew exactly how far that those materials could get you. Yes, right. Unless you can a new um, unless you mess nuclear. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he continues on with he. Wanted to further his education, and at one point he's with a friend, and I'm trying to remember his friend. Um, he uh, he went to his house, and that's where he finds his book. Right, it was really yes. intriguing. He pulls this book, and uh, it turns out to be um, what's his name's uh, Alistair Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley's book, which we talked about before in the past. Yeah, another uh, episode. Uh, it's Robert, Robert uh, Norinsky or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to his house, pulls this book, and um, he kind of is like, you know, this is an interesting book. He has it for a while. And then later, much later on, and I'm trying to get into like the part of his cult life, uh, he invites up two these friends over. He's having for like dinner or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Francis and, and John. And, uh, you know, they pull... I think it's Francis that sees that he has this book, or John. One yeah. of them sees that he yeah. has this book. And it says, oh, you're interested in this. You know, hey, I go to these meetings, yes. and uh, I think you would like it if you go. If you're interested in that book, you know, I can take you even further within what the, what that book actually teaches you. And so that kind of sparked Parsons' uh, interest, because he was very interested in what Crowley had to say. With the occult, he wasn't just uh, scientifically driven, right? Yes. He had ideas that were spiritually driven yes. like demonically driven yeah. right he, he wanted to harness power that was not materialistic yeah in a sense and, and in a sense it also kind of like and, and and not to go veer too off like and in a way that kind of also intersects in, in, in a weird manner because a chronic uh, goes into further and talks about interdimensions and yes and, and space travel and all that and it kind of crosses with a lot of the science that you look into when if you're developing you know rockets it causes interest here and there because you're talking about like travel and yes. so that in itself um, if you're curious in that you're going to be curious in things like this as well Well, that's yes because you know space travel isn't it just like with rockets like is there another way of doing the same is thing it, is it, a faster it way goes to, hand in hand yes because you go into what Einstein's uh, you know, idea of you know wormholes and stuff like that and possibly even traveling in a certain format and so you know, you're talking about, you're reading the book and you're talking about like uh, interdimensional travel and stuff like that. And you're thinking about, holy shit, you know, maybe there's there's a way scientifically that you can harness this. Um, yeah, I should like look into this. These are not hollow ideas, right? Yeah. I think Crowley and, and um, Parsons, they had like these ideas had some practicality yeah. that were tied in. Like it, there were, if we can conceive it, 
then we can make it happen, right? Yeah. And they weren't afraid to think outside of the box. Yeah, outside of the norm. And so what ends up happening, he gets invited to this house. Yes. So they take him, Francis and John take him to this house. It's a a three-story house, kind of, in a way, it's falling apart, you know, and the the front yard looks like it hasn't been really taken care of. Yeah. He's led into this uh, this place and he gets, they're getting looked at. They're getting these looks. There's a lot of people already there. Um, they're dressed in a certain way. And, you know, they, he, one thing he notices is that there's this statue that looks like a goat off in the corner. And he's just like, okay, like what's happening? Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. And so he gets led into uh, another room, right? And so in the other room, uh, it looks like they're gonna have like some kind of ceremony. Right? Yes. And so the ceremony starts. Uh, there's a person in some kind of robe, and they're doing the, some kind of thing. He takes out a book. He kisses the book three times or whatever, puts it away, and then he opens this thing, and another person comes out um, behind a veil, and then she's dressed in white. She has a sword. Taps the coffin and then some other dude pops up out of the dude, coffin. What the fuck, dude? Like, and I'm just like, what's happening here? And so, you know, this dude pops up. They're doing some kind of ritual. Uh, and so, the the guy who actually uh, pops out of the coffin is actually Wilfred Smith. And so he's the one who comes out of the coffin. Now, what this is is the Temple of the East. Yes. Which is an off branch of Hermetic of the Order, which we've talked about before, yeah. not just in, 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 in Alistair's Crowley episode, but the also the Netta uh, Fernario episode. He joins the Lodge. Right. <coughs> because it's tied to um, Alistair Crowley, Alistair, which right. uh, in 1939 is like when they got a hold of the book. That's right. when he first crossed paths with Alistair Crowley and his ideas. Yes. Therefore, now like oh, Crowley's man, and him are kind of like. Partners in crime, yes, because they're kind of like, okay, well, you like demonic shit, I like demonic shit. Um, I know some things, yeah, yeah. Let, let's work this out together, yeah, right? Exactly. And and so, at this point, I mean, uh, Alistair Crowley, he's very popular, right? <laughs> Wicked Man, uh, I think he's called Wicked Man of something, I remember, and I want to call him Wicked Man of the West or some shit, like that, yeah, <laughs> whatever. But he was also go, he also went by the Beast of 666, yes. Um, so around this time. Uh, I think Parsons makes an impression and he does really well and he eventually convinces the people to move and he becomes friends with Wilford and so I guess he convinces them to move up the street in a way uh, to also not just look better but you have a lot more room you look more cleaner Mm -hmm. um, you know you have more ability to attract more members and he was bringing in more members and that's kind of how um the uh, the this church, so to speak, uh, kind of grew, yeah. right? And so, at some point, uh, he brings his wife into into this uh, this order, this yes. uh, practice or whatever. And they really get they really start diving into uh, the whole teachings of spirituality and stuff like that. Well, is, you know, there's a lot of um, things that went there. A lot of the straight up like sex orgies, right? Yes. They thought that sex and orgasms were directly tied to um, opportunity, right? They right. said that at the point of orgasming, that, this yeah, there's some enlightenment that you can, they had like a motto, right? Do right. what thou wilt, right? Like, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Bec- um, it, basically, if you want it to happen, it's going to happen. And they yeah. thought that the sex, or the, they said the point of orgasming, mm-hmm. 
allows you the opportunity to get what you want. And so, yeah. therefore, they were having lots of orgies with lots of orgasms mm -hmm. to call forth this energy yeah. or these opportunities, right? Like, that's beyond beyond a science book, right? They're not right. going to tell you that. This that's is, way further. Th yeah. This is, like, almost um, black magic, right, mm -hmm. um, in a way. This yeah. is magic in a sense and you, you kind of start to think about okay so is there anything to this uh, well it, it, it kind of points out to the way there's a point where science can't explain certain things exactly exactly and, I, and then oh, mystery man. and that's what's perfect about you know what what magic is is that you know those who believe in it so much that yeah it fills know, in the gaps it fills in the gaps of certain things that can't be explained to the because fullest. It, there's no way to explain it. It's no, just it's is. Not, it's just how it exists. For all science is, it's materialistic. If we can't see it, it's not there. For like right. aliens, whether you think aliens are physical or they're interdimensional, but for them, they use that magic to contact right. beings that they probably thought like aliens are not actually from Mars or whatever. They're, they're from another dimension, dimension that doesn't exist in this yeah. world. Science is not going to... All for science, also, all that science wants is some physical proof right but that's the downfall of science because they're so close-minded and, and narrow focused on empirical evidence right right that let's test it and see if we get over again but yeah. uh, these guys are so open-minded like they because i mean if you start thinking about that it, it kind of dives into two different things and something that we've always talked about here in this podcast is that we we kind of mentioned that you know in some ways People who are ufologists and stuff like that, study aliens mm -hmm. and whatnot, extraterrestrials, you know, space and out there. Uh, we've also talked about how, you know, those people, the same people, what if the same people that see aliens or whatever, and, and those people who are in, in, the, in the religion world, spirituality, those that you call demons or monsters or whatever, yeah. what if it's all been the same? What if aliens and demons, are, it's interchangeable, it's, it's the same, it's the it's, same entity, the only thing is... You know, when they when they they're they may be a variety of species, they may be yeah. able to do different things. You know, one one may be able to travel through a spaceship and one may be able to travel through a portal. Sure. You know, and it's just one of those things where it could be the same thing. You know, what we call, you know, uh, uh, a mobile, somebody calls a phone or somebody calls it. Yeah, that's you know, right. A cell it, phone it's it's or it's just semantics, right? It's semantics, it, it yeah, just, exactly. It's a different form of the same thing. It's the same thing. Potato, exactly. potato. Exactly. And that's also one of the things that I've always thought. But when, when you look into Parsons' life, <clears throat> him diving into this, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of risk. And so one being is he starts kind of losing track of, because he's diving so much, he starts looking at track of his uh, uh, rocket work. You know, in, in oh, yeah. science, and so he kind of you know leaves it a little bit at bay, and at some point, you know, he was already having troubles with his marriage, and his wife becomes pregnant with another man's uh, yeah. child, mm -hmm. and so it's at this point where they, you know, his wife leaves him for this man. Uh, she couldn't handle she, all that he was doing. Uh, yes, and, and she took off, and so uh, then therefore he started dating the younger sister from that wife. Right. So the teenage sister. So he just. Um, he he was all about free love, yeah. right? Like you know, okay, what's another More person? Open, like Bohemian kind of a thing. Um, Sarah, I believe that that's yeah. her name, and yeah. she started seeing Sarah, and so they started having a relationship. At the same time, you know, you're living in a house where you're free to kind of like be with anybody that's there. Yeah, it, it's, it's necessarily a swingers thing, but it's an open relationship type of thing. 
uh, where you could have multiple partners or whatever you yeah. however you desire. You're not restricted by a ring on your finger. Yes, exactly. it, it, it's it means more than just having sex with that person. It's about spreading your emotion. Yes, you know that's that's a perfect way to put it. And so it's at this. It's also around this same point that you know Alistair is hearing about Parsons. You know he's hearing about what what he's, he's ranking doing. up. He's like ranking he's gaining up. popularity. And People so, are following him. Yeah, exactly. And so he sees Parsons as someone who has a great potential. He, he's got the look. He's got the energy. Right. He's got the following. He's, he's got, got the, the smarts. Yes. And he's following my ideas. Yes. Exactly. And so therefore, the lodge that he was in, right? Right. He eventually takes that over. Yes. From the other person who... The other well, I want to say it's the same person who got his wife pregnant. Yes. And so uh, he takes over. And as he's taking over, he's making changes and, and their upgrades to uh, the uh, the order. And so at, at it's at some point that someone else comes into his life. Um, and this person kind of also, in a way, oh, yeah. and, and, and the way I see it... A, a protege. A, pro, a protege, but not only a, a protege, but also a person who... He's an initiate. He, he, he was an initiate of, um, of Crowley. Yes. And eventually Parsons meets up with, I don't know if you want to bring him up. I mean, he's, well, I mean, they, I if, you, if you've read up on him, um, and he's very, very well known throughout the world, um, L. Ron Howard, or Hubbard. Hubbard. I, always, I always want to say Howard, it's Hubbard. Um, so L. Ron Hubbard, uh, big name, uh, you may know him for, you know, creating Scientology, um, you know, connection with Tom Cruise and stuff like that. Uh and so, he, I mean, of course, he, yeah, I mean, Scientology. Right? I was reading, I was looking at a documentary, yeah, into the big old face of Tom Cruise and Scientology. I'm like, man, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> it's, it's like uh, uh, well, fucking weirdo. <coughs> well, here comes Ron, right? Yeah, Ron Hubbard comes right. into his life, and in a way, he derails. And I think, and personally, I think, in a way, he derails Parson from achieving what he could have achieved even more greatly. In that world of dilemma and stuff, yeah. Uh, so because, because he was a scumbag, he was a scumbag. He was kind of sneaky in a lot of ways, taking over the women, taking over the women. Hey, can't uh, give me the twenty grand to start yes. a boat business? Uh, like he took Parse fucking money and took advantage Sarah, of him. Took advantage of them. Uh, took advantage of the situation. Pulled Parsons in a direction where it wasn't true. He kind of like manipulated what was happening to Parson, yeah. Because um, there was just a lot going on with him. Well, the, like the free love and everything, yes. and all of that, like that kind of skewed his focus. Right, it definitely did. And so a lot of people were considering like where he was coming with his money and stuff like that. But at the same time, his friends, you know, go back to Ed and and Frank. You know, they're they can they kind of sort of continuing on the work, and then they get um, they start going back into building rockets, and they. After a while, they become successful at it. Yeah, they started and, the Jado technology. Yes. They they got a grant from uh, the Academy of Sciences mm-hmm. to develop the uh, jet assisted takeoff technology, right? Like yes. propulsion, now, right? And so they made a lot of money, right? Um, and I, I wanted to bring up um, that um, Parsons they had this ritual going on that also involved sex. Right. It, it was the, the Babylonian working. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And I don't know if that's something you no, wanted no, no, to no, bring no, up, no, but no. basically, before um, the relationship between Parsons and Elrond Hubbard kind of broke apart. Yeah. You know how we were talking about earlier in this episode that 
um, Parsons and his friend wanted they had ideas of going to space, and you know that's why they're reading all the science fiction books mm-hmm. that they wanted to um, manifest a golem. Basically, what that is is through these Babylonian working. It was a it was a, a ritual, a mm-hmm. black magic ritual right. that involved them trying to build a star child, a moon child, moon child, yeah, yeah which. Yeah. In their eyes, would be suitable for somebody to go into space, right? And so, um, um, and so, uh, I don't, I don't know how long this uh, ritual took place. Probably twelve days. days. Twelve days. Twelve days. Yeah, yeah I, I remember reading some of that. Yeah, it took twelve, 12 days, days to, to do. Yeah, and they call forth the um, mother goddess, right? About mm-hmm. ba- the Babylonia, right? Right, and to impregnate. The girl who chose to be a part of that ritual, mm-hmm. right? Because what she would do then is Babylonia would impregnate that woman with the moon child. The moon child right. And then the moon child would be conceived to be the the one that go into space. Right. And they said at the time that L. Ron Hubbard saw that um, Parsons was so into the ritual that he opened up a space continuum. He broke a portal open. Right. And they're saying that there's... It's a conspiracy, not conspiracy, but ideas that all of a sudden after like Roswell and everything, mm-hmm. that that portal allowed us to start noticing other entities, whether you, out, yeah. ETs and, and ghosts and all of that, that they couldn't close the portal. Right. Uh, so that was Kevin. Uh, they wanted to open up the portal to a lot of that women that are being impregnated. Right. But they couldn't close the portal. Close and the therefore, portal. there's speculation that after that. Um, event occurred mm-hmm. that that's when we started to see all the ETs and the ghosts seen and even more because they couldn't close it so that yeah. allowed everybody just hey fucking man like they opened up a portal man let's go let's go in it was like a like a lighthouse in a way of exactly kind of showing, hey over here and um and therefore that's why we see a lot of like um you know angst against Christianity and Catholicism right like they're trying to bring the devil into the world right and I just that's something I wanted to bring up because oh, yeah, yeah. they no, went in good. deep. They they definitely did uh, bring in a lot of things, and the the girl that you're talking about is uh, Mar Marjoris Cameron. I think yes, Cameron. Uh, that's <clears throat> exactly who. She, yeah, Majori Majori Cameron Majori Cam- Cameron. Cameron. Uh, she she was kind of like the one uh, that went into that uh, to be the vessel. For this child, exactly. And what's funny is that she kind of got directed, directed to Parson uh, from another friend who was also spiritually inclined. She was looking for the spirit, living the spiritual life, uh, and so she was pointed, "Hey, you should go check this place out. That you may be able to find the inspiration and what you're looking for. Yes, to be the artist that you want. Yeah, to she be. was like an actress and yes. an artist." And so that kind of that in itself, like, propelled in a, in a way to for her to go to Parsons to like look for this, and so in a That's way. That's a damn good assertion. Yeah, because like the, I mean, she was also in a way looking for something like this, and that's you know she was directed. Well, he was looking for Babylonia, right? Like mm-hmm. he he called forth upon the universe to present. Somebody for him to take part of the ritual. All of right. a sudden, she shows she up shows in his first step, and she had like red hair and green eyes. And he was like, "This chick is perfect." And I'm like, "Oh!" All of a sudden, like, "Thank you!" Like his yes. prayers were answered. It was almost all set up in a way. And yes. this is what I mean. That at, it's at this very same point is when Elrond 
is like making all these weird sneaky things and, and kind of derailing Parson. And Parson, in a way, I, I believe that Parson didn't like Elrond. No, he. I think he put up with him. He put up with him. He put right. up with him, right? right. Um, As a member, he yes. put up with him. He did because, you know, he, they were able to leverage each other. So initially, the relationship was manageable, in a sense. Right. Because they... they I think once you're in a fresh relationship, like, okay, fine, like, maybe you're not, like, the best, you don't have the best personality, but if I like what you say, and I like what you can bring to the table and to the team, then you can see over that. But eventually, like you said, Elwin Hubbard saw opportunity to leverage that movement that the Parsons built over those years, Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of jealousy because... They were stealing each other's girlfriends. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do a boat business. Right. And he go the over money. there in Florida. Yeah. He, he had, didn't have any money, but like Parsons had 20 Parsons grand. Had, Parsons had the money. Had the money. Because he got, uh, um, especially when he got bought out. Yes. Uh, from uh, what eventually becomes what JBL. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he basically got bought out. And, you know, all this is happening. Uh, Elrond says, hey, look, invest in this boat business that I have. And... You know, I'll, I'll go down to Miami. I'm gonna buy three boats, and then we'll bring them over. You know, we start a business, whatever, whatever. And so, what ends up happening is that he takes off, and then he doesn't hear from Elrod. No, it's fucked up. <laughs> I was like, he t- takes the girl. You're right. It takes <laughs> takes the. It's all good. It takes the. Um, these are Krakow. Anyways, it's all good. And t- takes the girl. Mm-hmm. Takes the twenty grand, and just did an Irish goodbye. Never said anything. I'm like, hey. Um, basically, fuck you. Yeah. Right. Like I got what I needed, and, and you, but that's it. I'm out. And what? And then maybe that's when Parsons believed. Like, man, I got had. Right. Mm-hmm. This guy just like this guy came in. He's um, and he started his the Scientology thing. Right. right. Like that's where I don't need Parsons anymore. I don't need Crowley was part of the the ideas of Scientology, mm-hmm. but they were like, fuck. Like I got what I needed. I have my exposure. Yeah. And now I have the following. Yeah, he's, and, he started getting following from there. It, it, and it's sp- especially because of what happened to Parsons, right? You know how, yeah. like, he didn't have any more money, and so he was working as a explosives consultant right. for, like, movie setups. Movie sets. And he was working uh, at, like, a, at a gas station, I think, at one yeah. time, trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And, and I, that's kind of funny how... He, how how things come back, but like uh, even before that, uh, one of the things that Parson used to do was, and I think for me, it's very important to kind of point out, is that Parsons was used as an explosive expert, and police and other consulting companies used him as a as an expert to kind of go come in and kind of explain and talk about the explosives. Yes, and so a lot of the times he was actually used for um, cases that were being worked by the police. And very important high high profile cases where they would bring him in as a bomb expert, uh-huh. and you know he would be in front of a jury, kind of talking about what was happening in trial. And so, <clears throat> and I think it's very important to kind of note what uh, one of the important cases that he uh, was brought in as an expert. It was uh, a, co- a cop corruption ring in uh-huh. the LAPD. Yes, he was brought in, and he got uh, Captain, I think it's Carl Connect. Uh, convicted of you know him being corruption with like mm-hmm. I guess like other you know menacing people, and so he got you know he got served years, and so mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know it was Parsons 
expertise is what brought that conviction in. And I believe this is essential to what happens at the end. I think, in my opinion, it's what is essential to what happens at the end, even though there's a lot of theories on what happened to Parson. Yes. Um, it's ironic that though he was helping out the police in the trial, it's like right. it also was his downfall was in his regards downfall. like the same people he was helping out also the same, the same people he was helping out he was helping the government he was helping the police he was helping people out kind of like you know uh as a bomb expert because what his his high knowledge but at the same time uh, after after you know um elron taking off his money he loses his job he can't get a job his uh he got blacklisted his, his clearance got got demoted he, he got blacklisted because he had an FBI f- uh, a file, because of what he was involved in, and also at the same time he was a bomb expert, you yeah. know. And that and at the, at the, at that time, there was a height of the World War Two. Um, There's a lot of uh, belief in radicalism, uh, terrorists, oh, oh, so communism, yeah, man. communism. So, so he that's. Was, he was looked at. In he thought they. He thought they thought that he was a communist. Yes. Right. It, it, because um, he thought he was committing espionage. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he from one of the places that he worked. Yes. He took some of those documents. Right. And his mm-hmm. explanation, like, well, why, why do you have those documents? Right. Right. Well, it's like I wanted to. Um, I'm developing a resume, and I wanted some material to go along with that resume. Yeah, to kind of help. But out they thought that he was, he was a, doing. They thought that he was a spy, and yes. it, lo and behold, he's been invested. He's been. Because he Under crossed paths with the company, which is uh, owned by Howard Hughes. Yes. Who they were doing a project for Israel or something like that. Dude, so he all of a sudden now, like, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Like, he, they, they, they think he's a spy mm-hmm. or he committed espionage. He's a, a spy for the Russians. Right. He's a spy for Israel. Mm-hmm. And um, they, and they, that he was trying to promote um, uh Communism, Communism, right? right. Yeah, and so he was under investigation, and you're like, wait, why? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, why you? (laughs) But it it was just kind of all over the place. So, and maybe that's what led to what we we're gonna be talking about. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it's perfect because what what ends up happening is, um, gets a call, right? He's leaving him, Mm. and um, what's her name? Uh, Cameron, they're leaving. Mm. They're gonna go experience a new life or whatever. They're leaving LA. Uh-huh. Uh, they're, they're gonna go and travel or whatever. And so, <clears throat> one of the things is last minute. He was he needed money, as you said. He wasn't having a hard time getting a job. And um, supposedly, uh, a movie was being made, and they needed explosions. And they contracted him. He was a consultant for this. that movie setup. He goes back to his laboratory and creates these explosions for the movie set, right? And so as they're um, as they're doing this, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna," you know. He goes back to his lab. You know, they're gonna go ahead and fix all this stuff. Yeah. And so he goes and <clears throat> he starts prepping or whatever. At the same time, Cameron goes to a store to buy some groceries and stuff like that, and uh, she hears an explosion. A big, a big explosion. It's heard blocks, yes. blocks away in the direction where she knows where the lab is, and she knows something is wrong. For right, sure. immediately. First people on the scene is one gentleman uh, who's going through the rubble and kind of is hearing Parson, who was obviously the one who was in the lab. In the lab. And he goes and sees and finds Parson bleeding. Half his face is blown off. His, I think one yeah, of his arms, arms is dangling. Completely blown off. Uh, his eyeball is kind of hanging out. Um, 
and he this is he's in bad shape. Uh, very Word. gruesome stuff. And so and there's a conspiracy. And that so there, you know, yeah, we have a lot of conspiracies. And I'll say one one thing is, I've always believed that maybe he knew what he was doing, and even though you know he wasn't educated uh, in all of it, he had been doing this for a while, a long time. And I don't think he would have like made a fucking small mistake for him to kill himself. To like kill that. himself. And a lot of people think he, it may have been suicide. I don't. I don't think he made a mistake. My theory, and, and it always, it's always been kind of pretty much the same. It's been, it's been connected to this trial case of of uh, of Carl Connect from the LAPD because he was a high ranked uh, individual in this some kind of special area yeah. in the LAPD, and so I think because of the corruption and everything, somebody may have planted a bomb. I think so too. It, it, so there's, like you said, if he wanted to commit a suicide, he would have made it even bigger right why right. would k- kill half yourself and let yourself suffer like if you're going to commit suicide you want it to be over as quickly as possible yes. that's the point of it as painful as possible hey fool uh-huh. it's conspiracy dogs it's conspiracy we got a new so therefore I don't think it's a suicide right. I don't think it's an accident either because like you said he had many years as being a, um, a um, an explosions consultant yeah. so so I roll out the fact that it was a suicide else he would have done it big enough to kill like to kill himself way. right yeah um, I don't think it's an accident, like you said, because he had many years of experience uh, working with these materials and being a, 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 um, an explosions consultant. Therefore, an accident is ruled out. I think he had too much expertise to um, to f- not fully understand what he was what doing. He was doing right. So I'll go with what you said, mm-hmm. that I think the police were very concerned mm-hmm. that because he had a hold of these documents, he, he had um, um, a security clearance right. uh, to a certain degree. Right. And that he had access yeah. to documents that he was supposedly given to the Russians or to Israel. Mm-hmm. So they said, like, we're going to make it look like an accident or suicide, right? Perfect, right? Bomb, something goes up, he fucked up, he right? Fucked That's up. what they're going to think. missed that. Yes. Right. Therefore, they probably, like you said, planted a bomb or put some other material that made a, a chain reaction and right. blow the whole fucking lab up. And no one would be wiser to investigate. They were, well, obviously, no. it was a mishap. He was messing with the stuff. He's an occultist. They're going to probably be like, no, this guy was no good in the first yeah. place. Right? They're going to really kill him. I'm like, no, yeah, this he, guy was stupid. Like yeah. He was just a mad scientist. Yeah, but they didn't know what he was. But his they were, of his resume. But, but, um, it's kind of ironic, though, then, if they thought that he was a mad scientist, then why would the movie said um, invite him to invite be a, to, yeah but yeah. they knew that he was good yes so therefore I don't think it was a fucking accident so many was there before he started working with the mm-hmm. materials right and it was a big explosion and yeah. they, they they got the job done because yeah. he died he like, died he mentioned that and I think his mom she committed said, suicide she, yeah she like with sleeping said, pills yes she um, couldn't stand the fact that her son, her son died yeah and that's died. very she got very distraught she like first of all his father already died mm-hmm. she's alone right she and There's, she's like, I don't know if he had siblings, right? Did, no, no, so. he was an only child, only child. Sure. and she's on her own. She said, Fuck this, I'm out, you know. And, and maybe she thought that she was, um, building a family, he was building a family name, you know, because he's working with the government, he developed the jet propulsion technology, right. and that's not a nice way to go out mm-hmm. being blown to smithereens, right? Right? So, like, when you're told something, like, oh, you know. We have to tell you something. Like, what do you mean, right? So the mom, like, your son is, I'm sorry, your son has passed away. You're like, what the fuck? Just, <coughs> just yeah, the fact. Like, I was like, yeah. how? Like, was it a car accident? Like, no, he, he, 
he blew himself up. Yeah. So, imagine being told that she was like, "Fuck that!" I, don't, I mean, she probably took the whole vial of, of sleeping pills, pills, man, yeah. and it's very sad should, ending to everybody because yes. she died and he died, and it, it's where uh, do you go from there? You know. Well, um, I know. Uh, I mean, like you know, as a, as as the parent, like what do you like? What do you do? You know what I mean? You don't have anybody to live on with. Yeah. You don't have any. You don't have a, a husband. You don't have any other kids. Yeah. Um, the whole reason for a lot of people who their significant other takes off and you only have like a child or whatever, that your only reason to continue on is that child. Yes. You know? And if that child is gone, then you're, what's, what's no, the point what's of the point of continuing on? What's the point of living? Yeah. Like you're you're, not, you're living a meager existence or no yeah. exi- your existence is conceived of your family right. and your friends, right? right. And so yeah. if you don't have that, then there's no existence at all. Like, what am I? What am I if I don't have family? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind yeah, of yeah. like there's you see the point bit. to it, but at the same time, um, I, I will point out Hoffman's theory only because he told me prior to okay. For us, um, he's not here. He's doing he, research. He's doing field research. He's field research. But Hoffman's theory, and I don't know the full extent of how far he would have gone with this. Okay. And I just know this is what's his theory, and he was going to tell us, but you know, no, we'll, we'll leave it to a different episode. But what I'll say is, what he, what Hoffman believed was that he was, and it's real simple, and yeah. I don't think he was doing this, but Hoffman believes is that he was cooking meth. Because <laughs> and, and because Parsons needed the money. God, Hoffman, I'm gonna have to talk to that guy, man. That guy is going because <laughs> he needed because he needed the money, and so he was cooking meth because he needed certain people. In in the guise of an actual laboratory that he was supposed to be building explosives. Yeah. So, so they didn't know that he was not doing explosives. <laughs> I mean, he was cooking up meth. Uh, I think was meth kind of like a big deal back in the day, like meth, in the 40s. People were doing a lot of drugs, and you know, if you were able to, if you're a chemist, and you knew how to cook. Um, you know, there was a good reason. There was a good chance that you were probably cooking some drugs for certain people, but you know, just to make some money as a as a chemist. But there, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's true think, though. But meth you, lab do blow up yes and people, people do die up, but uh, people would have known it's a strong from what I understand it's a strong smell and so I'm pretty sure anybody else working in the lab would have been like uh, are you kidding? well maybe they couldn't smell it because they, he had gunpowder and all that kinds of shit maybe awesome. true awesome yeah maybe they you like it, it's a perfect setup yeah and so I may be Billy Hoffman in a way that he was maybe able to do it yeah because all the other chemicals were Covering up the, me- I don't know what mess smells like, but right. I know what it looks like. But <sighs> well, I guess so. I, I would I, have I, to explain because I don't, I don't know the full extent to this, but I mean, well, just, do we know that he was into drugs? I like, mean, weren't they into it, LSD? Yes, they were into LSD. like psychedelics. Psychedelic, uh, but meth is not a psychedelic. But, no, but, but it's a hard, it's a hard drug too. You know what I mean? Like, you can make money. Hard, That's what I'm saying. You can make money, easy money, but I mean, it's a hard drug to go down to. You know? Maybe it could be true if. Um, he had celebrities, right? Yeah. Um, in his in his gathering, more people, yeah, maybe, maybe like, hey man, these people that man, they're wanting drugs. I know how to cook the drugs. I'll supply them and make the money. You, right. I mean, like, you have a clientele that's gonna keep coming back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's that possible. could be true. It's, it's it's probably I won't I won't completely rule it out only because Hopkins not here to really kind of say his defended. reasons kind of to defend his uh, the theory. Uh, but but that's not a, not a bad one. one. Not a yeah. bad one. He's thinking outside the box. Yeah. But meth. Meth, like, like you know, not not cocaine or, but yeah, meth would be more 
sensible because you have the uh, it's profitable. You have the cook method, right? Cook it, yeah. So he has the the. the I mean, now there's a lot of methods. Bunsen burner, remember the, the Bunsen burners? Yeah, yeah, like in chemistry, dude, yeah. whatever. So he had bought really a ton of those. So, yeah. And I don't know what it takes to uh, cook meth, but he he was a chemist. Yeah. By trade. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had, to, he had obviously he had the knowledge uh, to be able to do stuff like that, but you know it's one of those things. I mean, we just don't know, and you know it, it is what it is. And I, it, this episode is really interesting because it, it crossed so many yes. levels of, of interest and things that we've talked about in the past uh, before. But I mean, very interesting guy. I know there's a lot of movies and a lot of uh, you know uh, documentaries on him. Very I, I think he got overshadowed by like Scientology and and uh, Werner Von Braun because he Von Braun was the head of NASA, right? But Jack Parsons was the one from from the beginning who started this trend this of, of yeah. yeah to push this scientific movement and to get us into space. Like mm-hmm. he had the idea. Eventually, we got there <clears throat> in the sixties. Um, but like, I don't think if if you bring up bring this topic up to a normal person they wouldn't bring up jack parsons they would yeah, bring up yeah. Elwan hubbard or lon braun right. or the nazis, the nazis. But, but jack parsons was actually the guy he should yes. take all the credit um, he took all the ridicule i, I will took, say that nasa eventually named a crater on the moon the dark side of the moon which is kind of ironic uh they're saying the reason that it was on the dark side of the moon is they wanted to give him credit but not too much credit right because of uh what he was supposedly tied to yeah but uh, yeah, no, he's he. I mean, he lives on by the crater. Yeah, <laughs> he lives on. I mean, he definitely had his uh, dreams. Eventually, def- definitely came to fruition. And uh, you know, again, very interesting topic. I get, if you guys liked and enjoyed this topic, uh, definitely share with your friends. If you know anybody else that will be interested in things like this, uh, definitely share. You know, tag your friends, uh, give us a, a good rating on iTunes, and that's you know share material too, man. If we didn't cover some things, oh yeah, definitely. Maybe we can cover them in the next episodes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, definitely in the next episode. Uh, and again, share, like your friends, give us a comment. We'll definitely be posting things on Twitter and Facebook. Keep a look out on that, and also visit us our website. Our YouTube channel is coming up pretty soon. Yes, and, very excited. Uh, along with that, visit us on our Patreon. We definitely have a Patreon. And this uh, next coming, uh, in a few episodes, we're going to have a full entire uh, month of uh, missing 401 cases. Woo! And so Here we're we going to go. have uh, a good consecutive four episodes of missing 401 and if you are a supporter you support us on patreon or if you support us on paypal by any means we will definitely give you cases that we're not going to be posting on our soundcloud and our itunes and other podcast providers that relate to missing 401 cases yes. very important stuff and uh again share with like with your friends and we'll hit you on on the next episode Later. Later.